bow our heads for a word of prayer, and we can get started. Dear precious and loving Father, we thank you again for the opportunity of prayer. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here. Father, I pray that you would use me, a feeble man, to give counsel, biblical counsel, wisdom and knowledge to your people that we can use practically, that we can take home with us. Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to please be here. I ask, please, Lord, for a double portion, that, Lord, you would give me wisdom, you would give me knowledge and understanding, that you would give me tact and speech. Father, that even my countenance and everything that I do would be under your authority. Father, be with us right now. And Lord, I pray that this time would be used to bring glory and honor to you as well. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This time I'm going to invite my brother Reggie, if you wouldn't mind coming up here. You may have to grab, actually, I'll grab this mic over here. All right, this isn't scripted, okay? So we didn't, we didn't practice. I sent him one email, I think text message yesterday saying, you mind if I call you up to interview you? And he's like, sure. He said, sure. <laughs> he's like, yeah, sure. So I can ask him anything right now. If you see him turning red, you'll know why. <laughs> it's the microphone, amen. But Brother Reggie, you, your, your birthday is actually coming up. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. All right. If anybody doesn't know, Reggie was baptized last year around this time, getting close to his baptismal birthday. Can I get an amen? Or should I say, can God get an amen for that? Amen. 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 Brother Reggie, I remember studying with you for a while, you and uh, Sister Michelle, and just seeing like the, the, the awe you guys were in when you began to learn many things. Uh, Reggie, tell us very briefly what it was like when you, when you started sensing that, you know what, I need to change my life. Well, when we first started to really be exposed to who God was and what he was doing and what he was capable of, of doing, we began to, at a point in our lives, we said, you know what, we're too, we're too old for this, <laughs> you know, because we, we were still into those bad habits. We mm -hmm. out all night doing certain things when we shouldn't be in, mm -hmm. you know, and it just, God was like, enough already. Amen. You've, you've been through it all. You've seen it all. You've seen where, where your finances were because mm -hmm. of it. So, at that moment, you know, God's just like, you know, follow me and I'll show you what I can do. Amen. And during that time when you and Sister Michelle were studying and you were coming into that mindset that, you know, we need to grow up. And my mother used to always say, Joseph, you don't want to grow up to be an old fool. And so I'm glad you guys made that choice early. Amen. During your studies, when was it or... or, or when did you first started realizing or thinking, you know what, I really need to start implementing this in more of the family instead of just primarily to myself? When I, uh, when I, there was, I was, I don't know, I was reading a verse. I think it was the third study. It said, um, you know, uh, you know, 
trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. And I remember my sister always telling me when she was young, she was an Adventist, but still is today. She said, you know, as a father, you are the, the priest of the home. Amen. And your family is your most important. And, you know, so we were learning and learning and learning so much. And I, I remember looking back, and God was just like, what about them? Oh, I didn't wow. say this. Wow. God said, what about them? And I was just like, and that, wow. that next study I came to you is like, you should start bringing them in. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so that, that's when I, I really remember him saying, he goes, what about them? Amen, amen. And I, I you know, I remember those, those instances and those times. And I remember when you had called, uh, well, you asked if the kids could be involved. Mm -hmm. And uh, both Andrew and Ross, uh, I believe Ross had his, his little Bible that I think I had it for like six months because you had forgot it in my office because I think I gave you one. But from that point on, you, you really began to, to implement into the life of the kids the Word of God. I remember a time you came into my office and uh, you said that one night you just got everybody together and you guys just started laying it out there on the table. You kind of just started. How, how was that? How did that go about? What happened? You don't have to go into detail. But. <laughs> I, know. Um, I remember the first, the very, like after that, I said, you know, we need to start getting serious with this. You know, it's like God is real, you know, because we were changing. We were seeing the friendliness. We were seeing the physical manifestation of his goodness Amen. at that moment. And so when I sat down, I said, kids, we need to give ourselves to God. We need to confess the things that we're doing. Mm. And then we need to pray and ask him to guide us. Wow. And so at that moment, my, you know, the revelation of hope was coming, and mm -hmm. uh, that was our answer prayer. And he just started understanding, and we started being more open towards each other, less argumentative. Mm -hmm. we, we began to pray about things Amen. to change. And so, so would you say that part, when, when you guys did just open up and you got everything out on the table, that part was a major turn? in the life of not only you, but of the children as well, amen? Yeah, amen. All right, and so when, when Ross came up to you, I remember him, Ross kept coming after every series that, that Taj did. He wanted two more studies. He wanted to go ahead of everybody else. He's like, can I get the next one? Can I get the next one? Can I get the next one? Yeah. And I remember he kept coming in. What was it like seeing him grow? Ooh, I remember like, like, I spoke to him. He's, he's very open with his thing. He, at a, he's 13 right now. Mm -hmm. At 11, he was suicidal, and he wanted to kill himself. Mm -hmm. And you guys missed a phenomenal testimony if you missed 11 that. 11 years Vespers. old. He wanted to kill himself. So when I saw him open his I saw the, 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 what God, the Holy Spirit moving in him when he was sitting right here, and I was next mm -hmm. to him. He would be at the edge of his seat. He's writing it down, writing it down. It's just like... <laughs> Like you said, it was just, it was a beautiful moment. I was just like, Lord, I was like, this is it. How about the relationship with you and Michelle? Because I remember uh, at that time, uh, well, a little bit before you guys weren't married, and yeah. I remember I, I, I emphatically <laughs> went over that. Uh, we had that study, and you kind of surprised me. You had came in, and you kind of like, yeah. The both of you put your hands up, and I was like, oh, praise the Lord. I was, you know, as a Bible, Bible worker, you always say, are they listening? Are they listening? Are they listening? If not, you want to hit them upside the head with the Bible, but praise the Lord, we all grow. Amen. And so what was it like 
in a, the family as a whole. I know that Ross was growing, I saw him, and I saw little Andrew too. He was actually in the series with me, but then he wanted to, he wanted to come in here with the adults. How was that? How did that go, if you can remember that? Uh, it, was a, it was humbling, you know? It's like, sometimes kids want to stay with kids, but like to have him want to come and to see him here, Amen. it was like, he understands what's going on, Amen. you know? And it was just, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. It was very heartfelt, you know, Amen. with Ross and him both coming at the same time. It was just like, you saw the, 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 the walls of separation. Mm -hmm. And so it, when you and Michelle, how did that affect you guys' relationship? It, it just made us more lenient on God. Amen. Like share it, like we would openly speak to God. She would openly individually speak to God. She was telling me yeah. I had a conversation with God for like two hours. Wow. And so it was just like, I was like, wow, what'd you tell him? <laughs> she, she just said, I can't tell you. He just it was beautiful. Amen, amen. Brother Reggie, thank you very much. Thank you. If you guys have any more questions, and I'm telling you, you missed a powerful Vespers, uh, I believe it was three weeks ago from young Ross, he was suicidal. Uh, he didn't want to live anymore. And so it's just a precursor for when that young man gets up and start preaching. Amen. And before we jump in, I'm going to say one more little word of prayer. Father, we just want to say again, thank you. Thank you for the testimony from our brother Reggie. And Lord, give us counsel and help us right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Prayer is a good medicine. Amen? Family altar, bits and pieces. I put bits and pieces because the title, I'm not so much going to focus on what you think I'm going to focus on. Uh, there's, there's many questions that have been asked me uh, throughout the years, especially when it comes to youth and young adults. Uh, and... Praise the Lord, I've been able to counsel, been able to work with, and been able to talk to many, many. And I get called to, to, to talk and to counsel and speak to many, many. And I thank God that the first night, uh, Sabbath, a question was brought up about what about our teens and what about our young adults? And I heard, uh, I heard every answer and it was, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. But uh, there, we could go a little deeper. We could go a little bit deeper. And uh, I'll share with you what God placed on my heart and what he revealed to me. And it's been a help. And I found out, well, all of us know that theory is good, but hands-on and experience is much better. Amen? Amen. So to open up, I like this quote, and you'll like it when I turn my pointer on. It says, every family should rear its altar of what? Every family should rear its altar of prayer. So when we talk about the altar, we're actually talking about family what? We're talking about family prayer. Realizing that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. Let's turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 18. I hope you brought them. Genesis chapter 18. I tell my Sabbath school class that it's better to leave this at home than to leave your Bible. What is it? 
your shoes. Amen. It's better to leave your shoes at home than your Bible. Genesis 18, verses 18 and 19. The Bible says, Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him. Genesis 18, 18, and 19. Is everyone there? Amen. It says, verse 19 again, For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Prayer is the essential part of every family, should be. It is where the family can come together at the altar and talk to God and get what is really on their chest off. And the spirit of prophecy speaks much about prayer. I mean much. I, I'm not going through a ton of quotes up here, but we're going to get some bits and pieces. And so every family should have an altar of prayer or prayer time. We raised our children up, me and my wife, to understand how important it is to pray. And not just as a routine, because it, be, it can become a routine. But we taught them that when you get up in the morning, the first thing you do is pray. They're supposed to have their own personal prayer time, but we also have family prayer. And we have that family time where we come together and we read the Bible. And when I'm not there, praise the Lord, my lovely wife, she does that. And I thank God for that. And my children, you know, you don't think it's that important until you actually see the fruits of it. And you have to stick with it and you have to be persistent with it. Because often, and I should, I should no, not often, but very seldomly when we forget, mom and dad are rushing because we gotta be somewhere out of town because dad has to speak and I gotta be there in an hour and we only got 45 minutes. The kids will say, Joshua Brown, but dad, we forgot to. Pray. And you know, it makes you feel good when your children can remind you because it lets you know, okay, they're getting it. They're getting it. And I'll never forget one time, I think it was like three, four, it was four years ago. And <laughs> we, we were sitting down getting ready to eat. Now my, my son's favorite dish, everybody should know it, pizza. Joshua is a pizza machine. He get it from his father. Well, Joshua, he was, he was dead tired. At that time, he was, I mean, he was around, what, probably three years ago. He was six. He might have been five, six years old. And he was very tired. I mean, the young man was dozing off. Now, we hadn't eaten all day. We hadn't eaten all day. And I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And so the pizza comes, and... I'm diving in. Me, my, my brother, and my sister are with me in the family. I'm diving in. Little Joshua rubs his eyes, lifts his heads up, and he's, he's hungry too. He hasn't eaten either. And I'm about to bite my pizza, and my son, dead tired, hungry, puts his hands together, bows his head, and he starts praying. And I, I looked at that pizza, and I looked at my son, 
And I dropped it and I said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because it got instilled into him. Now, I mean, and it didn't take a fight. It took mom and dad to practice what they preached. Amen? Amen. This next one. It says, the Savior's early years are more than an example to the youth. I'm going to stop right there. Because oftentimes we really love to talk about the boy Jesus, correct? And we love to use him as an example to the children. When Jesus was a young boy, when Jesus was a little boy, when Jesus was younger. But now let's listen to the quote. It says, the Savior's early years are more than an example to the youth. They are a lesson and should be an encouragement to everyone. So we can learn from the young child Jesus. Listen to what it says next. It says, the circle, the circle of family and neighborhood duties is the very first field of effort for those who would work for the uplifting of their fellow men. That's powerful, isn't it? It says, there is no more important field of effort than that committed to the founders and guardians of the home. No work entrusted to human beings involves greater or more far-reaching results than does the work of fathers and mothers. I think we, we, we kind of belittle that. And I think it gets lost that the home is the most important mission field of all the fields we can go clear across the world and do a great work but I, I have a quote I didn't put it in here it says that in uh, fifth testimony that many will preach the truth they'll speak the truth they'll know the truth upside down and inside out backwards left and right and they will miss the seal of God and then it goes on to say why they should have addressed their household accordingly so in other words, they should have practiced in the house what they were preaching. So the seal is also mingled in how you raise your home, how, you, how, how are you in the home life. This next one says, every family is a what? Every family is a, every family is a church over which the parents preside. The first consideration of the parents should be to work for the salvation of their what? I should give more interest to the salvation of my children than I should for those out in the world. When the father and mother as priests and teachers of the family take their position fully on the side of Christ, a good influence will be exerted in the home. And this sanctified influence will be felt in the church and will be recognized by every believer. It goes on, I didn't put the second part of that, but it talks about how when a family is not raised properly or correctly, or we fail to do our first duty in the home, that actually hinders our outreach. It hinders our outreach and our effectiveness in society. When David did what he did with Bathsheba, and he was rebuked by Nathan, he lost in the sight of the people much respect. And when he could have rebuked his son, Absalom, when he could have rebuked his sons, he did not, he held back because of guilt and because he himself had fallen. And so many of the people 
he did not give a straight testimony to, or should I, should I say, he was not real straight with. He kind of let some things slide simply because he realized he failed to do his job at home and in his own personal life. Teens and young adults. Please listen to this next one. Very important. What does it say? Parents, teach your children to study from what? From cause to effect. This is very important because I speak to many parents about their children and I can have a list of what they do and what they don't do. My biggest, how can I say, yearning or what I like to focus on most is okay, I understand what Johnny's doing. How is it in the home? What is it like between mom and dad? Because if I treat the effects, am I treating the reason why this is? Even in the medical field, we understand this, don't we? We have to, if a person, I, I met a young, uh, 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 a gentleman today, a good friend of mine, he has problems with his kidneys right now. And they have to do a, 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 a biopsy. Now, why do they do a biopsy? He was getting a lot of people telling me, you know what, just go and drink some grape juice. Just go and, you know, go and flush it out, you know, and, and do this and do that. They were giving him many remedies. But unless, the causes ascertain that problem's going to arise again, amen? And so we are told that we must study from cause to effect. And so we have to find out. So let's go to a good example here. Let's go real quick to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. We should all know this verse. Mm -hmm. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. The Bible reads, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. How does... How is that normally interpreted? How do we, 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 we interpret that in a special way in our church. How do we say it? By beholding, we become changed. Keep that in mind. Listen to this. The atmosphere surrounding the souls of fathers and mothers fills the whole house and is felt in every department of the home. To a large extent, parents create the atmosphere of the home circle. And when there is disagreement between father and mother, the children partake of the same spirit. Make your home atmosphere fragrant with tender thoughtfulness. If you have become estranged and have failed to be Bible Christians, what does it say next? Be converted. 
a lot of young people, they confide in me, and I, I praise the Lord that <laughs> I had a young man. It was, it was Sabbath, and I won't put him on the spot, but he came into my office. He found out that uh, I was going to Singapore next month, and he came up to me, and he said, are you leaving us? And I said, I said no, I'm not. He says, are you sure you're not leaving us? And I told him, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going nowhere. I, probably, I thought he was going to beat me up. He hit me up, and I said, I'm not going nowhere. He's like, phew, he says, because I won't know who to talk to. And I said, oh, I said, brother, you, you, you have someone to talk to. You have your parents. You have someone to talk to. But many times they can't confide in us as parents because of what they see. One key point I wanted to bring out, and what I really wanted to, to, to focus on was this. Christ came to reconcile us, correct, to the Father. And for many teenagers, because they were in an atmosphere that, was, that wasn't the best, they grow up and they leave home. And we do things backwards. We actually go to the child first, and we try to work with the child. But do you know that proper order is we are to go back to our spouse and reconcile to them first? Because many children grow up and they see it for a long time. And then when they leave the house, they left seeing no reconciliation. That leaves in their mind a sense of hopelessness. But when they can see it actually done, it actually helps the child mentally. Even if the parents were separated, and let's say they got back together and the child is old. How do you get them back together? Mom and dad call that child. Why don't, hey, we want to take you out to dinner. We want to take you out somewhere to eat. But first, we must reconcile. Husband and wife must reconcile to one another. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. Let's see this concept. Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. It says, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Ye have heard that it is said by them of old, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in the danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Reconciliation must be seen because children hear and see much that we don't think they do. So when they see two parents, they argue for 20 years, the child is grown now, he's out of the house. That is the memory that they have of mom and dad. And it could be so deep-rooted that we don't know it. 
And oftentimes, it takes that child a long time to figure it out, and it actually hurts them to come and reconcile to God. It's actually harder to try to reconcile to God. Whereas if they saw it in the example, it would be much more easier. I know this by example. My father, one time I remember my father, I was, I was, I was about 15 years old. And my father, he, him and my mom had gotten into, a, 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 it wasn't a, a brutal argument, but I could tell from the tone of voice things, you know, things were heated. And I never seen my dad, I never heard him like that before. I wasn't even in the room, I was in the bedroom and I was woke. And my dad, he, he went outside, I heard the door open and I heard it close and it, my heart started pounding. And he, even now I get emotional because I thought my dad was gone. I'm, I'm telling you, it, it affects me right now. It affects me right now. When we woke up that morning, I didn't sleep that night. My dad doesn't know this story. Uh, we woke up to go to church. And my dad, he, he had already came back. He was dressed and he was, you know, he was ready to go. He got us up to go. I was mad at my dad. I was mad. I was mad. I, I, in my mind, I said, how dare you walk out on my mom? I was mad. And I'll never forget, I, we drove to church. We had to drive to Wasco. And I was, I was sitting in the car. I didn't say a word to nobody. I was mad. My dad preached. I never forget, we had three o'clock service at our church and I was sitting in the car and I was, I was, I was dealing with this in my own mind. And my dad, I'll never forget, he came out to the car and he said, son, is, he says, is everything all right? And I said, yeah, dad, everything's okay. He said, son, is everything good? And I said, yeah. I said, yeah. And I, I played it all. And I, like I told you, even to this day, my dad doesn't know. But it, it left a scar on me because I'll never forget how that felt. I'll never forget how that felt, you guys. Now, afterwards, my mom and dad, they came and they, they talked to us. And my dad said, you know what, you guys, dad did something that wasn't right. I, I did, I got upset and I went and got a cup of coffee. And now when dad said that and mom, she says, yeah, we, 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 we had a disagreement about something. And your father, he went and got a cup of coffee. And it was, it was true. He went and got a cup of coffee and everything was all right. But if they would not have done that, I don't know how long I would have been dealing with that because it left something in me, just that. But their reconciliation helped me to get over that and deal with that. It was the difference maker. And so oftentimes I see, I see many kids grow up and you may have one spouse that's in the church while the other spouse may not be in the church or they're inside out. And then when they fully give their life to Christ, they really want their family saved, amen? As all of us do. Well, that child is out of the house now and the memory that they have is you unconverted. And so now that child needs to see that God can work a miracle. And so you're never too old to call your child and say, you know what, let's go out and have dinner. Take mom or dad with you, though. 
But first, it has to be reconciled between mom and dad first. They have to be on one accord. They have to be in agreement. And the children have to see it. They have to see that it is possible for things to be worked out, that God can answer prayer. They need to see, no matter how long it takes, that that same God that mom or dad used to talk about, he didn't give up on them, and he fixed theirs, he fixed the marriage. All right, and not only that, you'll see that your child will begin to open up to you. But it has to be between mom and dad. Well, what if you're separated? Call that other person and say, listen, for the, for the good of the child, we need to show them that we love them. And the things that happened in this house was not their fault. Because children can feel that way, can't they? They can feel that much that has happened in their life is their fault. And this is why we're told we are to guard what we say, especially when we're around our children. And I know my, 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 my son Joshua, he has some of dad's tendencies and he has some of mom's tendencies. We can see that in our children, can't we? We can see that. And so when I see me in my son, I know what dad needs to correct. And I know that dad needs to go about and address it in a loving manner with mom. I need to address mom. Sweetheart, he's dealing with this. Hey, I used to wrestle with this. We got to talk. We got to work things out. And when the kids see that, sometimes me and my wife, we'll be talking in the car and we'll be driving, and she'll, she'll touch my hand. She'll be like, let's talk about it later. And I'll say, all right. And I'll do the same to her. But our first mindset is we know that our influence is gonna be for their benefit or for the eternal loss. Every home should be a praying home. Why? Let's go to some more Bible. So what if it's already happened in your life or you're dealing with a teenager right now that has witnessed all kinds of things in the house and that is going through, uh, and right now they don't wanna hear you, they don't wanna talk to you. Let's go to the Bible. We ready? Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 and 7. Exodus 34, 6 and 7. We've got to speed through this. It says, And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God. The first word is merciful, amen? And gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and in truth, keeping mercy for thousands forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. So first thing we need to do is we need to repent, amen? We need to repent. We need to say, Lord, you know what? I see it is my fault, or it could be my fault. And if you're a child or some, maybe your parents were the ones who were in that scenario, you need to understand that it always doesn't end up bad, that there is hope for all of us. Next verse, Hebrews chapter four, verse 16, the Bible says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God hears our prayers for our youth, our young adults, all of our children, amen? And he's merciful and we can come to him. 
We can come to him. Proverbs 21 verse 1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever, excuse me, he will. It's not the end of the world. When we realize and we recognize from cause to effect, we can treat the cause. And once we treat the cause, everything else starts falling in place. But if we never treat the cause, that person will continually need to be worked with. But if the cause is dealt with in the home, at the family altar, on our knees, surrendering it to God, much good and medication can be wrought from that. So as in the natural, so as in the spiritual. If we deal with the cause, our children will be that generation to finish the work. But it's going to start with mom and dad. It's going to start with us as a family. And your child is never too old to see mom and dad are reconciled or reconciling. Invite them over for dinner. Let them see mom and dad have grown. In the book Adventist Home, it says that marriage is a class that you never graduate from. Did, did you hear what I said? That means don't look for no diploma. And I don't have all the answers. So that, you know what that means? That means you're going to be praying for the rest of your life. That's what that means. You're going to be praying for the rest of your life. But praise the Lord, God is merciful. He's long-suffering. And he loves our children more than we do. With that said, if my brother Rob could come up. Yeah. How many of you have been here each night? We've had some interesting presentations so far. First night, we talked about committing time to our kids, to our spouses, to our families. That disconnect. Second night, the Baldwins were here speaking about how they failed communication between the two of them and how important that was and spending time together reading the Bible and in prayer. You know, Edgar and I have been talking about you're going through your third time or just finished the great controversy. I'm still young. <laughs> And I'm going through, and everything that I'm hearing from the great controversy is striking my heart. But there's one little quote I would, I'd love to have you hear, and it deals with prayer. And forgive me if I'm a little fumble-handed here. It's in chapter 32, and it is... Oh, it moved on me. Let's see. Got a little bit more. Hang on just a sec. It's actually here. <laughs> I've had an interesting day, as some of you read. I'm going to start with a paragraph that's numbered 530.1, and I'm just going to hit some high points, but there's something else I want to hit. 
Satan is well aware that the weakest soul who abides in Christ is more than a match for the hosts of darkness, and that should he reveal himself openly, he would be met and resisted. In the next paragraph, which is 530.2, the very first sentence, every one of you should write this down in your Bibles, keep it with you everywhere you go. No man is safe for a day or an hour without prayer. Prayer is so important. We have two weapons. We have the Word of God, the truth, the Bible. The other weapon is prayer. Do not discount the power of prayer and the importance of prayer. Joseph has just shared with you about how the family needs to spend time with the, the altar, and that is in prayer and in study together. And guys go, I don't know how to lead my family through this. I don't know how to do these things. Men, as I've told pastors and different ones, your first ministry is your family. Don't ever forget that. Whether you're still with your family or you're separated from them, they're still your first ministry. I would hate for any one of us to be standing before God and there's all these thousands that we've led to Christ and he goes, that's great. But what about those over there? And you turn and look and it's your own family. What about them? What did you do? Every pastor, every associate pastor, every man, that is your first ministry. Never, ever forget that. So what we'd like to do now is we'd like to appeal to you, call you forward if you care to come. Joseph, if you can lead us in prayer. And Pastor, if you can join us. And all of you who would like to begin or continue having a devotion time with your family, having a prayer time with your family, any of you that are seeking that in your own homes, ladies, you who are here and maybe your husbands aren't, you want to pray that your husband would change and turn his heart to God in different things. Trust me, it works. My wife prayed for a long time. It took 30 years for me to hear it. So don't give up. Never give up on prayer. The power is amazing. And I'm going to turn this over to Joseph and let him pray. Those of you who can't or because of <laughs> bad knees like me or something, and I would like to share one thing. Uh, I got an update on Harold and everything. I got an email from Harold. That's why I was running around saying that his back was really hurting and he went to the hospital. I got a text from Valerie that said they went to the ER. Uh, they ended up giving him a shot and some painkillers and everything and that he's heading to go get some food and then go home. So it sounds like he's better. He's not as bad. But he said his back was excruciating pain. And if you know how strong our brother Harold is, it takes a lot to be excruciating pain for somebody like him. So here you go, Joseph. Hey Amen. And keep your numbers because afterwards, remember, let's get on our knees. It's all right. Dear precious and loving Father, we come before you. Because, Father, we understand that we need a Savior. And you have provided a savior. But oftentimes we like to take matters into our own hands. Father, I'm asking that you would please 
forgive us where we have shunned you, where we have thought that we could do it on our own or in and of ourselves. And maybe we thought ourselves wise and, and smart enough to handle it. Father, please forgive us. Lord, as David said, give us a clean heart and please renew a right spirit within us. Father, we know that it begins with us in the home, with the parents. Or Father, if, 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 if maybe our parents were, were not the best examples, Lord, we can be the one to show them to the altar, to lead them there. And so, Father, as we kneel right here at our church family altar of prayer, Father, we lift up our hearts to you saying, please, please give us that heart that you promised. Father, show us, show us, Father, how to love you. Show us the changes we need to make in our lives. But Lord, while you're showing us, give us the strength and the desire to want to change and to want to do those things which we have been learning, Father, and implement them in our lives. Father, there are many of us who, who have children. And Lord, we, we see and we realize that yes, many of the mistakes that they made, we made or it was our fault, but Lord, you're merciful, you're loving, and you're kind. And we can come boldly through the throne of grace. Oh, Lord, and you're merciful and plenteous and abundance in it. Father, I uplift every child, every teenager, every young adult, any and everyone who has a family. That means everyone here the Lord, you would begin to heal. You would begin to mend. You would begin to reveal Christ to us, your love through Christ. And I pray that by beholding you, we would become changed, oh God. And Father, while we're asking for this, we desperately need your Holy Spirit. Father, give us your Holy Spirit. Showers the blessing, let it come down on us, oh Lord. Help us to put aside anything that would hinder your spirit from resting upon us, Lord. If we have failed to go to someone and apologize, forgive us and help us. If we have failed to stand for what is true, forgive us and help us. If we were a bad example to our neighbors, to our friends, to our family, help us, Father, to reveal the love of Christ in them. Help us to represent you correctly. Father, we know that you hear us. And we know that our hearts can be extremely deceitful. So we ask that you do this in us, please. Because we do understand, Lord, that unless you do it in us, it won't get done. Help us to surrender our choice and our will to you. Father, we thank you for this season of prayer. We thank you for this time that we've had to spend together. And I pray, Lord, that as the rest of the days go on, that you would anoint every speaker, Father. And the days from here on out, Lord, let us be the parents that raise that generation of youth. So, Father, make us those parents that are designed to finish the work. 
Help us to love you first. And I pray for those who are not here today that you would be with them and keep them as well. We thank you for this time of prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen. Yeah, please come out tomorrow night. Please support it. Um, uh, Dr. Kisby, our, our beloved um, elder and, and former pastor, he's going to be speaking on, on anger and bitterness. Uh, if you don't think you're dealing with anger uh, or have a problem with anger or bitterness, please come out anyway. Uh, a lot of these times you'll go to a seminar and you don't think that problem resides within your uh, soul, and then you start to hear things and you realize, you know what, I, I think I may fit that category as well. So, so please come out, because if, if it's not you, you may be able to learn some pointers to, uh, to help somebody else. In fact, it may be best to let um, Dr. Kisby share. <laughs> I'm just fumbling in the dark here. You gotta... I'm not going to be the only one that will be sharing. I will be talking with Alvi, and we'll have some others giving testimonies tomorrow. How God has blessed uh, different people for overcoming that anger. Uh, how, many of, how many here has never been angry? Raise your hand. <laughs> all right. We all have our moments, okay? And it's so important for us to learn what to do when that frustration comes up, when those feelings of anxiety and all kinds of negative things come to your mind and to your heart. What do we do? We'll talk about that tomorrow. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord, so much for tonight. Thank you for Brother Joseph, who shared such um, a pointed and, and uh, direct message. Help us, Lord, to, to be parents of prayer, uh, that our kids may be children of prayer. Uh, please help us, Lord. We really need your help. We live in such a busy age. Help us to prioritize that which is most important, uh, because that which is most important is coming. Uh, we look so forward to meeting him, our blessed Lord and Savior. Help us to see that day with our children at our side is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.